Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of episode 15 of Inspiration Point. As always, I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. All right, so without uh, further delay, so we just talked about, in part one, uh, villains and came up with uh, with Ovok, our crazy purge-focused orc uh, who wants to save her family by destroying everyone else's don't get sick. Um, and a, uh, a very complicated dwarven family. So if, uh, if any of you are looking for some interesting villains, uh, and haven't listened to part one of episode 15, go check that out and, uh, give it a listen and totally rip off anything that we've talked about. You'll, I'm sure you'll have a great time. We will love to see how any of you use, uh, use these villains. Um, so now we're going to jump into Adam's topic. Adam, what do you got? I wanted to talk about art. Ooh. And we like not, n- not necessarily visual art. I want to talk about the art of D&D itself or of role-playing games. What is the art of being a DM or GM? What is the art of being a player? Hmm. I like um, it. I think this is an expressive art form, but perhaps we should begin with definitions. Sure. So what is art to you? Oh, art? I know, right? What a question. Yeah, that's a <laughs> man, that's a that's a big one. And I We're going to get deep and a little pretentious. <laughs> on top of that, I mean, the both of us actually did go to art school, so you know, that kind of feeds into this There's at something. least a little bit too. But I think I think art is good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Art um, good. Art pretty. Art good. Thank you. I I think I think art is when you are creating something. It doesn't necessarily have to be like like we said, like a visual thing, but you are causing something to come into being that was not there before you started doing it. And then it's an art when there is subtlety and nuance and not just anyone can do it or at least do it well. Um, Okay. Is a fork art. A fork can be art. (laughs) The making of the fork. But now are we rendering the meaning of art useless? Like, uh, is it now just synonymous with all stuff? Like, how do I separate art from utility, from subject, from other nouns? Mm. <laughs> I'm probably not smart enough to answer that question. <laughs> well, I'll, well, let's start simple, though. Like, I don't know. When you think of art, what do you think of? When I think of art, literally the first thing that comes to my mind are pictures. Okay. So how are pictures different from forks? Mm, pictures are a generally, at least in, in terms of the, you know, typical art. It's not a utilitarian thing. It's something that right. just exists to be looked at, enjoyed, maybe not mm. even necessarily enjoyed, but thought about. Um, where right. a fork is just a tool. 
the the art is what you make with the paintbrush, not the paintbrush itself. I think that see, I, I think that's a perfectly acceptable definition, at least in how we're gonna, or maybe more of a description, you might say, mm-hmm. uh, for for going forward with this. And I think that D and D can fit that art form. We don't need role playing games to live, mm-hmm. right? At least not literally. <laughs> It's like, um, well, that's debatable. But they do add this, let's say, spiritual and certainly cultural significance to our lives. Yeah. They're, we we do the work. We go to the factory. We make forks so that we can pay to have time and opportunity to paint pictures. Mm. All right. We live to discover beauty. All else is a form of waiting. Khalil mm. Gibran. Um. That is uh, it's one of my favorite quotes. And and before you think that I'm trying to be super fancy here, I did get that from Civilization Five. So <laughs> just to just to bring myself down a, a quick notch. There you go. Um, but I really but the, the, I, that really resonated with me. By the way, you would you would hear that quote when you built the Eiffel Tower, which I thought made a lot of sense. Nice. Um, so I was struck by this, and I thought about how this is an art form uh, in two occasions from the past few days. Okay. So la- last Saturday we had a epic scale, large ending to a long campaign and not only a campaign, but several campaigns, different groups of people who are related in the same story had all their campaigns come to a close. I mean, it was a monumental achievement and big, um, big congratulations to the DM that, organized all that that put years of his life into it yeah. uh, countless hours of prep and of course performance of running it it was it was unreal i mean i i think he was running like four campaigns concurrently four separate groups all of which were doing things that were all existing in the same story universe and each campaign's actions were affecting the other, the things going on in the other campaigns. And then he actually brought most of those players together at the, yeah, very I mean, end obviously scheduling conflicts existed. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think there was one group that just was dealing with an utterly separate thing so they weren't in it. They weren't there. Um, but which was fine because there were still, I think, at the highest point, thirteen of us. It was day. it was crazy. It was this big like Avengers Endgame sort of. It sort did of feel thing. that way. Yeah, and it was it was pretty good. Now I'll I'll admit those combat rounds. Woof. Yeah, but they could, uh, they although in the second bit. time, the second session, it went better. Yeah. Um. But uh, regardless, all of that aside. It had a really wonderful ending, and I think that it was due to the artistic efforts of the GM, but also to the artistic efforts of the players who were emotionally invested and willing to apply that artisticness to their performance, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we say that drama is art and the acting is art, and, mm-hmm. and certainly that's what good players are doing, or, or shall we say advanced players are doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. Like good good play is is not necessarily something I take that back. 
Good play, I believe, is something that just about anyone could achieve. Exceptional play, I think, is a step beyond that where it it takes some something more than just baseline effort to achieve. I want to contrast that game mm-hmm. with another game we had. And this is not meant to insult that DM or anything like that. It was we were doing a session zero, so we were doing character creation. Yep, it was very mechanical in that way. Although there was some talk about background and story, so there's some art still applied. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I will take responsibility on this because I requested that we do a non-canon sort of test drive fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Again, no blame, no shade being thrown here at all. Okay. But we took our characters, we stuck them on a map, we fought a monster, we rolled dice. Mm -hmm. And it felt, at least for me, hollow. Yeah. And again, not an insult at all. Right. I got got what I asked for. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if anyone's being insulted, it's me. Um, it was, it, it is not part of the story at all. It was just so that we could see if we liked our builds. And to be fair, some of us found that we liked our builds and some of us didn't. I, and, uh, even though we're on the radio here, I'm, uh, raising my hand. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew tried playing a bard. Andrew did not dig playing a bard. I know they're awesome, but, uh, yeah, not ready for that. Yeah. So we... We 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 got the utility out of the session, right? We we built our characters. We figured out what our builds are going to be. Of course, then Tasha's came right out, so we're going to change them again, probably. <laughs> yeah. But uh, crusher um, feet. Yeah. By the way, I I do want to talk about Tasha's, uh, probably. Um, but I definitely would like more time with it. Yeah. To be able to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So I I realized that. I could never go back. Mm. I can't. Oh, man. I, like, I can't be happy in the beer and pretzels D&D anymore. I don't think. Wow. No. That's that's I, a big realization. It is a big realization, right? It's like once you, when when you're a child and you probably experience it with your children, although yours are probably better behaved than mine, so maybe they don't do this. Um, <laughs> my children, they only understand three flavors right? They want bread, they want uh, meat to a lesser extent, and they want a lot of cheese. Mm. And we could add on, they love sugar. Sure. So that's it. The simpler the food, the better. They like corn dogs, they like chicken nuggets, they like yeah. hot dogs, they like macaroni and cheese. They're kids. They're kids. Yeah. Okay. At a certain point, it becomes difficult as an adult to live like that, especially yeah. if you've been exposed to a lot of other foods from other cultures, other countries. Oh yeah, I mean uh, you spent a whole bunch of time in France, so you know, <laughs> if there's any yes. place <laughs> and I love my mother, but I grew up thinking that my mother was this gifted cook and she's good at a couple things. Mm. But then I lived in France and then I met my mother-in-law and by extension my wife. Mhm. And uh yeah, I love you, mom. <laughs> But it was, it, it's difficult to eat some of those old dishes that I remember from when I was yeah. young, right? And it's, I grew up eating casseroles a lot of times. And my my mom would make casseroles and I, 
can't and do it. Anymore. I I love you, mom, <laughs> but I I can't. I honestly would tell my mom that I'm allergic to casseroles when I was a kid because any time it would just be a bunch of food mixed together and baked, and I was like, I I don't like any of these, and I still. Oh man, here's here's a fun story for you guys. Um, okay, when when I was a kid, I I must have been like around ten or so, you know, and I had you know a bunch of my little friends over, and it was during the summer, and we were having you know just fun summertime playing outside and everything, and lunchtime rolls around, and everybody's over at our house, so my mom's making lunch, and I knew that my mom had gotten blue box craft mac and cheese and this was not something that i got frequently so i was like super pumped i was like yeah mac and cheese and and it was the craft mac and cheese in particular so it was like hooray and then we sit down and i look at the mac and cheese and it looks a little different same color. I see the noodles, but I also see like some weird texture stuff going on. And I'm like, uh, did she bake it? No. She and I said, Mom, is this pray tell? <laughs> is this regular mac and cheese? And she says, It's macaroni surprise. So, life lesson never eat anything. That has the word surprise in it. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> you don't want that surprise. Ever. What, what'd she do? She, she freaking threw tuna in my craft mac and well, cheese. And, well, and, <laughs> and I was. <laughs> oh, but, uh, that sounds awful. It. I was like, I'm sitting here looking. Although. I mean, we eat tuna melts, right? I mean, that's a thing. Nah, I don't. Well, I'm I'm not a fan of tuna, but it may be because of this. But yeah, like, it's like now that I'm really thinking about it, I'm like, eh, okay, it's not the worst thing I've ever heard of. But yeah, it's not appealing. Oh man, and well, and for a kid who's expecting like just oh yeah, creamy craft mac and cheese, like, and like I. <laughs> I remember chewing a spoonful of this stuff and my brain, my little like 10 year old brain going, something is terribly wrong. <laughs> and it prompted The me, mac and cheese has gone bad. Yeah. Like this, this doesn't. So you were, you, you were surprised though. <laughs> so, I mean, she delivered. Shit. <laughs> She, she did deliver. <laughs> Your mom didn't lie to you. I didn't want that delivery. <laughs> I would have I would have returned that to sender. But yeah, did you return it to sender? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think I did. But Okay, good I, boy. <laughs> I felt I felt so ashamed in front of my friends. I'm like like I felt the need to apologize, guys. <laughs> I I thought I need to apologize for my mother. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be straight up mac and cheese. I didn't know that she was gonna pull this stunt. <laughs> like, oh man! <laughs> I remember. Okay, this is perhaps getting way off topic, but That's one fine. time <laughs> when I was growing up, 
I was, you know, I was a big church goer and they would always encourage us to bring friends outside the church yeah. to activity night on Wednesday. Ours too. And, and I remember I finally got a friend to come. And that evening, the teacher decided that it was important for us to clean gum off of the folding chairs. Oh, man. (laughs) You're like just looking at your pal and you're like. It was the same thing. I'm so sorry, man. I didn't know it was going to be like this. (laughs) Like. I don't know. If you never come again, I fully understand. Like. And you're just looking at the. The leader or teacher or whatever, and you're like, going, dude, like, I brought my doing? buddy for this dodgeball. Dude, like, yeah, something. literally, how hard is it to to say, okay, never mind, dodgeball. Yeah, right? okay, basketball night it is, or let's go on a walk. Anything else? <laughs> like planning meeting, it doesn't matter. Like, make something up. Nap time. I don't care. Just. Not super gross chore night. <laughs> Nobody liked this guy either, by the way. Oh, like a jerk, man. That's oh, that kills. Because I I remember <laughs> how freaking hard it was to get any of your buddies to come to church with you. Any church thing, they're like, eh, you know, I'm good. And you're just like, please, yeah. please. It- and it's and you know, you're always like more hyper aware when you're introducing a friend to a new like thing that you're used to. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like your senses are on like eleven, and you're just you know, or, like you're watching a show with your parents, and they swear more than you remember. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's man. Oh yeah, he did. He does say that. Oh I, gosh, I, I don't remember hearing that because you weren't around. So here's <laughs> here's going even further off topic. I went back to Wisconsin a couple of years ago, and while I was in town, I made a point to spend a couple days visiting my uh, my grandmother. And my grandma loves watching TV. She likes drama and all this stuff. So I say, you know what? I'm gonna show you one of the best shows to ever be put on TV. We're going to watch some Breaking Bad. Oh, God. Woo! And, uh... Misfire. It Honestly, my my uncle was watching it, too, and when I realized that it was the uncensored version, and Uh in that first episode, when Jesse Pinkman is scrambling out of that second-story window... The girl he was with appears topless for a second in that second story window. And yeah. my grandmother is like, well, I never. And that's, and of course, that's like her only takeaway, right? Yeah. You know, that's the only thing she's going to remember from that. But then, like, we watched the whole episode. And my grandma, she's like, I'm fine. And, but my uncle is like, Hey, how about we uh, put that on the TV in the other room? <laughs> I'm like, I'll take, I'll take the side victory. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, in in you know, Breaking Bad is one of the finest pieces oh, of art to bring so it back. Good. You know, it is it is truly tremendous. After you watch Breaking Bad in the first few seasons of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. you know. It became quite difficult to, you know, my wife loves these like 
cop shows. Mine too. Law and Order SVU. Right. Or whatever the latest thing is where some quirky person from an unrelated profession helps them solve murders. (laughs) What? (laughs) You know, like Monk or Castle or Psych. Oh, okay. Okay. You're like, oh, I'm a writer and I'm good at solving real crimes because I'm a good writer, right? Or I'm OCD and so Uh, I can solve crimes because I notice what's out of place. uh, Or I talk to ghosts, or at least I think I do. It's ambiguous. I can help you solve crimes. Perfect. Right? And it's the same (laughs) dumb show. Every episode is exactly the same. Oh. And then she'll, they'll put on Breaking Bad and she'll, and she'll yawn, right? And oh. I'm just like, really? Oh, um, it's, 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 and listen, our art is subjective. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go at, on a limb and say, I believe that art is subjective. Unless it's Breaking Bad. Having then said that, objective. <laughs> this, you know, is there, I, good. there are certain metrics that we could probably compare. <laughs> you know, is, you know, is Swan Lake better than Shake It Off? You know, <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a bunch of bunch of T Swift fans just sending us hate mail. Please do that way that there's more digital traffic towards our website. Swan is Lake is trash. <laughs> Swan Lake. <laughs> Shake it off as a treasure, you <laughs> heathen a, barbarian treasure. Hey, listen, you know that's it's a it's great, it's great. You know what we got to do? She's all the one that, that does shake mail? it off, right? We gotta <laughs> like all that hate mail. We just gotta shake it off. We just gotta shake. It She's off. gotta right. shake it off. <laughs> you know, you you got the you know Bohemian Rhapsody, and then. You've got who run the world girls, you know? I I, I realize that both take a lot of <laughs> lyrical <laughs> craftsmanship. Okay, I'm going to stop. Okay, before I alienate the entire audience. Oh my God. The point is to all of this. What is the point anymore? The point to all of this is that once you've been exposed to high art in D and it and it appeals to you it's difficult to go back yeah right yeah you could never go home again yeah right like it is you move um, it's it's hard for me to do beer and pretzels anymore uh yeah now that i am exposed to more emotional connection to my character right yeah i mean it was it just overall it was an extremely sophisticated experience and and to be very clear, I in no way think that what this uh, what this GM did, I do not think that it is something that even most GMs could pull off. Like, this was extremely, yeah. incredibly complex, both in terms of story to be sure. and, like, just talk about... Yeah setting the bar almost unattainably high yeah and it it was it was really impressive really good stuff i i i had my issues with it as you know sure but you know at the end of it i came away from that final shot that we had in the campaign and i thought that was a beautiful story yeah 
It really was. And and I was glad to be part of it. And I was glad that my character experienced the things that he, well, most of the things he experienced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I remember him saying um, to us that, you know, he, he very often had these, you know, uh, scenes or sessions where he'd walk away and normally start kind of asking himself, you know, what would I have done differently? Or, you know, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, sometimes you kind of kick yourself for, you know, oh, I made this call that I wish I hadn't or, you know, anything like that. Um, and after that final session, he mentioned that, like, just the way some of the choices went and um, what the characters ultimately decided to do just made him so happy and the fact that he was able to walk away from the game and actually sit back and not feel the need to ask himself that to feel completely satisfied 100 percent with how it ended and that it was as beautiful as it was um which is by the way a great juxtaposition to most of the rest of the campaign which had been fraught with a lot of suffering and pain. Constant. Right? We talked a little. Yeah. We talked a lot about pain last uh, last episode. Yeah. Um, but it was not in a way that was jarring or confusing. But it was it was very it was very pretty. Yeah. It was it was a ride off into the sunset ending, but like earned and relieved, and everyone had learned something. I think what was extra nice for me was that many of our characters had just met and decided to go through this together mm -hmm. because even in a short time, we had that, that shared experience, that kinship perhaps, or yeah. at least mutual admiration and respect. Yeah. It, well, and, and then that, by the way, this is not a thing a DM can just do. Right. And, and is, and I think he would be the first to agree with that. Yeah. Right. Um, this is where I want to talk about the artistry of the player. Because mm. we know that a lot of the onus is on the DM. We know that the DM provides most of the experience, or at least we assume that they do. Right. Well, um, and but frankly, the players, in most cases, like the GM does. Like the GM brings a lot to the table i mean you, and you know that yeah of course and and i'm certainly willing to give myself credit <laughs> sure <laughs> to say i have facilitated a lot of interesting fun and memories but i will say that the players have so much more power and so much more influence than they realize mm. you know unless you're you you have the the dm that literally just says no to everything and is and is the one constantly breaking character and essentially ruining the experience. And you if know, you're like, in that game, please leave that game if you leave. can help yeah. it. Like you all deserve a better experience than that. So so and we all have a, a rough session. So I don't want to just you know trash on DMs or whatever. But I do want to sure. tell players that. Stop waiting for your fun mm. and proactively engage in the development of your story and consider how you can characterize more than exploit. Because mm. a lot of us come from video games 
a lot of us want to show how clever our builds are, and I certainly share that. I love to create an interesting build. I love pouring over the books to find the right combination of feats and class features and racial abilities and all that fun stuff. Mm. Um, but for but you must in be committed to that experience. And I, this is something I told my students because I have had more difficulty with my students this year than ever. Yeah. It, and it is because, well, it's really because of COVID, right? But, yeah. um, you know, grades have been terrible. Participation's been bad. And, and I've told them, I, I can't really teach you anything. Yeah. The, you have to decide that you learn. I, I am at best a facilitator. And I'll stand up here and I'll say things and I'll give you things to do. I'll point you at things to read. But you're going to get out of this class what you want to get out of it. Yeah, you can you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? Right, exactly. And so we watched half a debate. We analyzed the opening statements of each debater. And I said, the remainder of the debate, you know, it's all posted on Google Classroom. Mm-hmm. You should you should watch it. And I know that, that many of them will not. Yeah. But maybe one or two will. And I recognize that bad teachers exist. There are teachers that proactively seem to try to stop the learning process for whatever reason perhaps to salvage their own ego or maintain a sense of power, perhaps. Mm. But I think, but at least the ones that I've known, the ones that I work with do not fit that description. Mm. Well, that's good. Maybe some of my former coworkers, but certainly my current ones have made the cut, let's say. And yet we experience this hardship. And it is because we cannot create this art on our own. Teaching is an art. Yeah. As much as it is utility. You're not just teaching about math or English or science. So you, you have to you harness the art form of delivering that information to a person who is often di- disinterested. That's talk about hard. Yeah, it's it's quite challenging and taxing, frankly. Yeah. But uh when it comes to our role playing experiences, the the DM it, even if your DM is just okay, if they're just pretty good, that's enough to work with. Mm-hmm. Like as long as they're willing to work with you and to help you facilitate that experience. Yeah. You know, like put it in, put in the work, make suggestions, send emails, whatever you got to do, ask questions, Mm. speak in character for the love of God. Yeah. Speak in character. Yeah, that's true. Um, Be committed. So, yeah, I, what are some things that you think a player can do to enhance the experience for themselves and for the DM, frankly? Well, I mean, you you just said, um, you know, speaking character, and that's that's a big one. That's one that I've been trying to um, to do more, like with with my with my gnome character in your game. Mm-hmm. I I do a very pronounced voice that is like not my own voice at all um in the big game that we were just uh speaking about that just ended uh i played a big goliath and with him all i did was kind of you know drop my voice to like maybe a slightly lower register um and so you know you you don't have to be and i know our our other uh gm would agree with this you don't have to be a trained voice actor to do a character's (laughs) voice and i know that it can feel like that but 
you know, if... But but you can do things like use different vocabulary, speak with a different cadence. Right. Um, or or just, just, you know, speak a little higher or speak a little lower, you know, something like that. Yeah, maybe a slight variation. Yeah, because all it is is an audible cue that when you are speaking, the people who are hearing you speak know that's his character. That he represents someone else. Yes, exactly. So so that you don't necessarily need to say, and so-and-so says, they'll know just by how you're speaking. So that's speaking in character is a big, big, big one. Try it. You can try small ways of doing it and have a lot of fun. Um, the one other huge thing is just knowing how your character works. Like like knowing your spells or whatever? Generally, yeah. And I know I'm not always great about this either. And there are some classes that are super, super, super complicated. And it can be really hard to wrap your head around all of it. But generally speaking, at least know the basics. You know, know what your usual attacks are. Know what your AC is. Know how to move your character around and what things that they can and what things they cannot do. Know the basics of the game inside and out. Yeah, as best you can. And and, and again, we can forgive some some newbie stuff, of course, you know, because we want to work with you. But it can drag down the narrative and the feel of the game when you have to keep explaining how things work yeah you know so that can that can take away from the experience certainly yeah basically anything you can do to help avoid any hiccups in the drama the better because if you've got like this big long portion of really awesome dialogue and character interaction and then right in the middle of it one of the people involved has to figure out how to do a persuasion check or something like that. It is the biggest record scratch and just yanks everyone flying out of the moment. And it's the kind of thing that will just break immersion. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you want to do everything in your power to help maintain the smoothness of Mm -hmm. the experience some things aren't in your control but you do have control over your own character and what you know about them and we i think everyone can you know in some ways probably be a little better at this um you know there's always room to grow in one way or another um but uh, another thing that players can do, we've mentioned on a previous episode, is uh, party talk and inter interacting with your fellow players. Yeah, Don't remembering their other characters in the scene. Yeah, and using them. Like um, I, I really. You've been very good about this, by the way. Thank you. I, yeah, I really in both campaigns. Yeah, I like and and I I do realize that. In my past, with a lot of my past characters, when I was learning how to play, I wasn't great about this. And then more recently, I've just 
started trying to be more conscious about it. And it makes it so much more fun because it's very easy as a player to start to feel like the only relationship that counts here is between me and the DM. I have things I want to do. I need to tell the DM those things so I can do them. There's other people at this table that make it so that I have to wait longer between my turns. Right, right. right. So it's definitely not the attitude to have. Um, So yeah, I mean, time management is huge. Respecting each other's time, playing into your character, right? These are great ways to enhance the art form. Yeah. And I think that, I think that when you, when you employ these things and if you can get used to them, it will, it may become difficult for you to go back. Yeah. And you may be grateful for that, for that. Yeah. It can also be a bit of a curse if, you know, especially if you like a career DM and you don't get to play a lot. Like it can definitely be frustrating when you feel like you you give a certain experience that you do not receive. Yeah. Um, but when you do get that experience, it's, it is quite lovely. Yeah. And uh, it can, you know, I, th- I think one way to really talk about art is to talk about meaning. Yeah. You know, a fork doesn't mean anything to you. You want it, you you need it, but it it doesn't have anything to do with like your humanity, right? It doesn't mm. make give you make you think about like what's it all about? What's it all for? What's it all fork? <laughs> what's it all fork? Nothing. No, I left. You just that's, gonna, what, that's what that's just gonna leave me hanging. I just, I just went I just went to bed. Oh right? like, man. No, that was that was that was funny. That's funny. Um, what's it all? For? I can, I can tell by all the not no, laughing for... you're doing. Ugh, <laughs> that hurt me. Um, uh, you know, no regrets. I uh, there's this song I love, this musical piece that I would have never come across on my own. It, someone else had to introduce it to me. Shake it off. It was not shake it off. <laughs> Uh, it was all about that bass. No, I'm just ah, there it is. No, that's also trash music. Um, oh my no, god, the um, No, I'm gonna risk sounding really pretentious here, but it's like I don't know. When you grow up, you enjoy things like coffee. Give coffee to a kid, see what happens. Right? <laughs> I'd rather not. Give whiskey to a kid. See, okay, don't do that. Don't you do- get arrested. Where but, are we you going? Know, but you know, whiskey on its nose or on its you know at first is listen it's not sprite yeah yeah no i mean i i remember being a kid and being at my grandparents house and they would usually like to have like a glass of red wine or something at dinner and one night i was like can i try that my grandma's like sure you know you can you know taste a sip sip it yeah and you know I had because they know ex- you're gonna hate it. Yeah, I had the exact <laughs> reaction that they knew I would have, where my f- and then they all chuckle. Yeah, and- my face yeah. screwed up. You know, half my my eyes like moved into a different location on my face, and my you know corner of my mouth tried to go up into my hairline. Um, and it was freaking awful. Um, but now. I still hate red wine. No. Um, now I can drink a glass of wine and appreciate it. And it's there's a lot of growth that yeah. happens. Yeah. And I, I mean, listen, we don't expect kids to be able to, you know, talk about the, the chocolatey notes in a 
in uh, their morning coffee, right? Sure. While, while they read the newspaper. Right? This kid is cultured. <laughs> like, you'd be worried about that kid. But, uh, you know, uh, this piece of music, They, by the way, they play it at the end of um, one of my favorite shows, The Good Place. Mm, that's a terrific and show. It's a little piano play piece called uh, Spiegel im Spiegel hmm. by Arvo Part. And it is just one of the most beautiful, simple things. Hmm. And it is my, I, and I can, I can hear my teenage self going, you like this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. the, the main thing is, I don't know, you, you talked about comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a prior episode. And I, and I think that when we raise the bar of our artistic experience, when it comes to playing or, or creating these worlds, um, it is about expanding outside of that comfort zone, not just in terms of trying out a new voice, mm-hmm. although that's certainly part of it, or in terms of, you know, being more committed to a character, but also opening yourself up to an amount of emotional vulnerability. Yeah. And that's hard. That is hard, right? We are, our knee jerk reaction is to resist those feelings. Yeah. Um, and we also put a lot of trust in the DM or GM. And sometimes their reaction is to say, what's it all fork? Yeah. <laughs> well, and our fellow players. Right. And we, we employ what's, what is called bathos, right? Which is essentially telling a joke to undermine the emotional moment that we're having, right? And I have been completely guilty of that so yeah, many times. I, like, By the way, the entire MCU does this constantly. Yeah. And I still love the MCU, and, and many of them are sort of comedies anyway. So we, we, re, we forgive Guardians of the Galaxy, usually, yeah. for, this, for this sin, although there are one or two parts where it is jarring. Um, Doctor Strange was a good example of overusing it. Mm. I love uh, that movie though. Instead of allowing a moment to remain a moment. Yeah. Um, and to, and to breathe. So it's, it's, yeah, I would, I would say it's worth the risk that you will no longer enjoy Baron Pretzel's D and D. And yet I don't, I don't have any regrets about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's like when you find those really great, you know, prestige drama television shows and stuff. And it's like, oh, my God, I didn't know that TV could be this. And now that it can, I don't find myself missing Law and Order. You know, that sort of thing. You you found your new home mm-hmm. and you're like, I can't go back, but I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. Yeah. You yeah. know. You need to go back to those things. And and that's not to say there's no place for comedy, right? Sure. Or action. And and these are all wonderful things, but they are best employed in conjunction with a little heart. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. A little a little heart goes a long way. It, it does. You know, Cheers is a hilarious show, but we also care about Sam and Diane. Mm. Right? And you know, we but the show's not about norm. <laughs> <laughs> as much as we like Norm and he's great. We love Cliff. He's great. The show isn't about them. And even in later seasons, they start expanding them into more well-developed characters. We start to understand 
why they are the way they are mm. and how they might feel about certain scenarios. We don't get terribly deep because ultimately the show is still about Sam and Diane and later, what's her name? Christy Alley. I forget what her character name was. Mm. Um, but comedy, while we still have empathy, is, I think, higher. Yeah. Right? I dare say. I dare say I will go out on a limb and say some art forms are higher, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And maybe if you try it out, if, other, if the listeners try it out, if they haven't already, perhaps you too will find that it is a higher experience. I mean, There's something you've said on many occasions is you could just play a video game. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And if you want a combat simulator, D&D is not necessarily the greatest thing there ever was. Not even not necessarily. It just isn't. <laughs> it just isn't. Objectively, Although, there are just better things to show you a freaking cool fight. Yes. Uh, it could be a fun strategic exercise. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, okay. But the the main thing is, is that D&D is many things. Yes. And I think that when we when we leave aspects of it out, we, we miss out on its potential, right? Like it is a interactive story. It is a combat simulator. It is a character builder. It is an acting device. It is uh, a world creation um, experience. It sometimes it's base building and crafting, you know, it can be so many things. And, you know, and I say D and D, I mean, role-playing games. Yeah. Right. It can be so many of these things and yet take one of them out. Yeah. And what do you have? You're right. Yeah. And well, and I sometimes depending on the system or setting it, it may be appropriate not to have all those things. But, you know, but take D&D, for instance, take the combat out. OK, we're really missing the experience of D&D mm. if we don't have it. It's OK to have one or two sessions here or there that have no combat. But if there never is, mm, you should play a different game. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you'll probably get more out of it. Uh, you know, but also if you're only doing combat simulators, then yeah, I don't know if role playing games are even the place you want to go. Yeah. I, and I mean, I, I think along with, you know, that, um, that thing you were quoting me saying, you know, about, you know, if you, if you want to, if you want to just fight, there are better, you know, Go play a video game. There are way better ones for it. But, you know, if you're playing a tabletop RPG, you want, you gotta play to the strengths of the game. And the reason that the game ultimately exists, what it excels at better than anything else is that it's cooperative storytelling. If, if all you want is combat and you want to play a board game. There are yeah, there are board game, card game. There are games for that. You know, that that's a that's freaking Warhammer or you know any any wargaming where it's just minis and rulers and dice and that stuff is really really cool. But when mm-hmm. you sit down to D&D or GURPS or you know or anything cyberpunk doesn't matter you're sitting down to create a story with one another the combat is the result of meaningful conflict that has stemmed from your cooperative storytelling if it's just a fight to have a fight it's got no teeth there's no reason Mm -hmm. for it there it's no drama yeah it's a waste of time 
And yeah. And I don't know about you, but I don't have all the time in the world anymore. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. And there. Yeah. But you touch on something there that a lot of times there is this feeling of we're wasting time. Yeah. You know, I we just blew an hour and I, I didn't do anything. I didn't. My character didn't express himself. Right. Right. I didn't interact with anybody. I didn't build a relationship. Yeah. Um, we we shopped for gear and we lawyered about whether this feat was better than this feat. Oh, God. You know. And listen, session zero. Totally fine. Totally fine. But it did make me think I'm looking forward to the real game. Yeah. Right. Sure. I'm looking forward to really getting started. And I realized that I really need my DM to, to the best of his ability, try to bring it. Yeah. To try to. Well, it doesn't need to be Shakespeare, right? And he doesn't need to compare to the other DM. Yeah. But he does need to to, to try. Yeah. He needs to give it the old college try. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I'm trying to wrap my own head around, too. Because, you know, pretty soon after the holidays, I'm going to be running, too. And... um. Like, I just finished listening to the audiobook for I Strahd to get ready for, for Ravenloft. And to, but, uh, did you enjoy it, by the way? It was good. It was good. Um, and it gave me, you know, a, a, a solid under, uh, understanding of the character. Like, I kind of I get him a bit. I mean, granted, I haven't gotten to reading about him in the module yet. So that's... We'll see how it grows once I get to that. But, um, you know, after having been in your games for God, well over a decade now, um, <laughs> which is freaking crazy for me to think about, um, and our other GM and having experienced what I've experienced as well as, you know, doing what I do for a living and all this stuff. I'm, I'm trying to not, put so much pressure on myself to feel like I have to live up to what someone else is able to do and instead just come to the table ready to do the best that I can do and know that so long as everyone's having fun, that's the point. If they're having a fun, fulfilling experience, as much as I'm capable of offering, that's a success. Oh, yeah. And I think that there's that social contract aspect that we've talked about a lot. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, if you if your whole table is there to do beer and pretzel pretzels, then you're going to make it uncomfortable if you start weeping on cue. All right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Know your audience. But having said that, you know, do try to eventually get there. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, man, I'm just learning D&D. I'm trying to figure out how my attacks work. Bless you, man. Welcome to the hobby. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. It can it can become art a little later, perhaps. Yeah. Well, okay. but it can be art. But it can be, and and I think there are probably a lot of I, I don't know if it's fair to say a lot, but I'm guessing that there are a fair amount of people out there who who do play and don't realize how much can be gotten out of it. Um, and and you know, knock on wood, God willing. I hope they find this episode and maybe there's one person out there who listens to this and goes, wow, I never, I never thought about 
taking it to that deep of a level, but I'd like to, and having it just completely change their life in terms of how they play the game and how they look at it, because it can, it can really create some very special, special experiences that are, that are very unlike anything else. They are wholly unique experiences and everybody playing this deserves to have those special experiences. And, and, you know, I think that with, with everything that you said about this, ultimately what we're really saying is that the secret ingredient is love. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, right? Like <laughs> if, it is. If, if we're going to be on brand. Yeah, we got to be on brand. But also what is there between a fork and a painting? Love. Arguably it's love. Yeah, it um, is. It it really is. The fork is just a fork, but yeah. someone loved the work enough to make that painting. They yeah. love the work and they love the hobby. And we love the hobby. And we want y'all to love the hobby, which yes. is why we want to inspire all of you and inspire each other to you know to keep growing and just yeah. And D D is beautiful it is hot hot even it's pretty hot smoking hot smoking hot but have a conversation with her see if you don't discover some depth she's got a lot she's got a lot she's got a lot to offer um okay so i think we should wrap it up because frankly i need to go to bed i know (laughs) i know and i i did want to make a point to say thank you for staying up late with me i know after the time change i'm an hour earlier than you now and it's past 11 and i i love you and appreciate the time (laughs) i i really am grateful for you staying up late with me so Uh, i love you too buddy you know it i do know it so (laughs) just want to say thank you to everyone for hanging out with us Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you found us. And if this is your first time listening, be sure to download and check out our other episodes, especially because this one is part two of a two-part episode. Uh, You should be able to find us on most major podcast platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. If you listen via iTunes, please be sure to leave us a five-star review and tell us what you think. Lastly, you can find our website at inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspirationpointpodcast. And we're on Twitter at IPRPGcast. And Adam, what is the uh, address for our brand spanking new Patreon? Patreon.com slash inspiration point. Join us at the $5 tier to become part of our community and join our discord and give us uh, input on what we talk about and, you know, do like mailbag stuff, all kinds of little things or join us at the $100 tier because I want to run a long form campaign for you. And it'll be good. And demonstrate all the things that we're talking about. There will be so much of the secret ingredient, you won't know what to do with yourself. So, so there you have it. Hit the Patreon. You won't regret it. And uh, so, go play with some cool villains, 
and uh, also just elevate your game and find the art. And uh, until next time, just remember, stay inspired. Bye. Bye.